Hey, welcome to the Thursday podcast from Standing Rock Ranch. We've got a great show lined up for you. I am going to, I'm going to face my whiteness. Yes, my white privilege. Uh, we talk about this new course in Seattle that if you work for the city of Seattle, you must take. Oh my gosh, it's insanity. Insanity. We have that. We talk about Trump's uh, odds of winning. Is there a 1948 that is in the works? Uh, Harry Truman beating Dewey. Everybody thought Dewey would win. Everybody's starting to think that uh, Biden is going to win. Is this the same kind of year as 1948? We'll show you the comparisons. And we have an expert uh, that talks about it as well. A new poll or a new uh, algorithm that has been accurate. Uh, all the way back, I think 110 years, uh, only missed two, two presidential uh, wins. And he says that Donald Trump has a 91% chance of winning. We have that as well. You don't want to miss a second of today's show, especially what's going on with the Supreme Court. All on today's broadcast and podcast. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Kanye. Kanye says he's running. He hasn't taken any steps to do it. Um, but uh, he said yesterday that he's just looking to maybe peel off a few Democrats from Joe Biden. Uh, but don't don't laugh at Kanye being elected. I think there's a lot of people right now that be like, why not? Why not? It's 2020. Why not? It would make perfect sense, would it not? It, uh, w- it would. By the way, it we would. went back and found a. I did Stu Does Kanye on uh, Stu Does America last night, and uh, we found a clip from 2016 where I said the next president is going to be a Kardashian. We just have to hope it's Courtney. Now, at that point, I was not considering. Uh, <laughs> I was not considering Kanye West uh, in a 2020 run, which is is very odd. I mean, he he. Did he actually come out and say he was trying to peel black people off intentionally? Uh, in, his, in his first uh, interview, he did not say that. I read that yesterday. I read that late last night. I don't know where I read it. Okay. But, I mean, um, it's possible. I think, he came out, I think he came out and said, you know, look, um, if I could peel a few people off of Joe Biden, that would be good. Well, the bottom line is, I think it's... You, he was also critical of Trump, and he just, he just he's no longer a supporter. Yeah. He said he's taken the red hat off. Um, which now we don't have to think, say he's brilliant anymore, right? Like, we're past that. Can we get past that now? Can we go back to when we all <laughs> thought he was insane as of two years ago? Uh, can we I get past that? I think brilliant people often look insane. That's what I insane mean, people take say, me, Glenn. for example. <laughs> <laughs> The best of the Glenn Beck program. I want to share a Facebook post that I saw uh, from a couple of people, um, Brad and Angela Davis. Um, they started this this restaurant. I'm uh, sorry. What did I say? It's Ashley uh, and Brad Davis. Um, they started this this restaurant, which had been a dream of theirs, uh, and it's called the uh, Friend and Foe Board Game Cafe. It's a little sandwich shop in Plano and uh, Texas, 
and they have, you know, the usual fare, but they also have like 600 board games so people can come and play board games with a family. I read this post, and I think there's millions that feel this way. Why do we get up in 6 in the morning to drive 70 miles back and forth for a 12- or 13-hour workday? Because we have no other choice. Frankly, if we had an out, we probably would have taken it by now. But all of our eggs are in this basket. In fact, the whole chicken is in this basket. We, the three owners, wear every hat. We are the general managers, the grill cooks, the prep cooks, the bakers, baristas, bartenders, marketers, the janitors, just to name a few. We get up every day and we take a beating. We fight tooth and nail to make it through this with no support from the government thus far. And we know there are many other businesses doing the same. Uh, with uh, um, Our thoughts have been focused on the business and survival for so long. I do anything for a carefree moment. Every fiber of my being is stretched to the max. But with that being said, I'm fed up, not just with our current situation. I am sick of the judgment, anger, irrational behavior, and sheer hatred I am seeing. I'm afraid to say anything about anything because uh, inevitably someone will disagree and spew hatred rather than having a discussion. If I don't post something, I'm labeled. If I do post something, I'm labeled. If I keep my mouth shut during a conversation, I'm labeled. If I open my mouth during a conversation, I'm labeled. Nobody really cares about what anyone else has to say. Their minds are all made up and likely based on a meme, a headline, or a one-sided source rather than an array of reputable books or articles. We get flack as business for remaining open and trying to bring in customers with various incentives, even though we are following all recommended safety protocols. Nothing we do seems to be enough. We're expected to go a step further than what's required. We open at 25%. You should stay closed. We sanitize all of our games. You shouldn't let people play games. We strongly recommend masks. You should uh, You should not. Uh, you, um uh, you should uh, make it mandatory, not by choice. Most business owners can't just throw in the towel and go find another job. It's not how it works. Oftentimes, when one is focused on uh, to force to close their business, they lose everything because we have put everything into it. In short, please stop. Stop judging people for what they don't post. Stop judging people for what they do. Stop labeling businesses as irresponsible for doing their best during this crap. Stop labeling people in general. Stop reacting to wrong with another wrong. Stop hating your neighbor because they have a different worldview than you. And if you aren't sure what your worldview is, think about it. Read about it. Maybe you'll be able to disagree with someone cordially if you understand the fundamental differences. Amen. This is that that was that was written by Ashley. She's married to uh, Brad and they both happen to be on with us now. They live in Abilene, Texas. Ashley and Brad, welcome to the program. How are you? Thanks, Glenn. Uh, we're doing good. Just excited to be on your show. Yeah, really, so, really, really um, appreciate this opportunity. Not a problem. Um I know you are struggling just like like everybody else, but Ashley, you're uh, your Facebook post is what caught my eye. Uh, your Facebook post, what happened to get you to snap like that, like that <laughs> and speak truth? Yes. Um, well, really from the time we started working to open this business, which was about three years ago to now, things have been incredibly challenging. Um, you know, it seems like we take one step forward and then three steps back at times, but the reason I made this post is because I just got fed up with the unrealistic expectations that I was noticing from the general public. 
um, and the realization that some people actually expect businesses to go one step further than what is even required as far as the COVID restrictions go, which is just ridiculous. Um, I think there's some businesses who can afford to do that. For example, like keeping their dine in closed or refusing businesses, uh, refusing business to certain people um, because they either have like a second source of income or they got a ton of money from the government. Um, but businesses like ours just can't afford to do that. So, Right. You you guys have been sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry, but you've been you've been operating on a sixty to eighty percent loss every day. You need what uh, at least a thousand dollars in sales every day, and so yeah, I'd say about eight hundred to a thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you you said in your Facebook post that the government didn't help you at all, so you didn't get the PPP loan qualification. Correct. I mean, up to this point, we have we all we've received from the government is a six thousand dollar advance on the economic uh, disaster funds. And we haven't seen any anything else from that. We were actually denied. Um, they claimed that we didn't suffer enough of a loss. So, you know, we made an appeal. And we're going through we're going through it. Right. <laughs> we're going through the process to try to, you know, get what we can out of that. But no, we have not seen anything from that or the PPPL yet so brad what are you guys doing to stay open uh well we're working our butts off <laughs> we're uh you know we're, we're we're putting in you know 13 14 hour days at the store uh, we've unfortunately had to cut employee shifts way back just to save on payroll um We've been praying a whole lot uh, you know we're we're believers we're Christians and so we're just having to really lean on the fact that God is good, even in difficult times. And, uh, you know, we're just trusting in that fact and just working as hard as we can. So are you guys making it with the restaurant at all? I mean, are you close to your $800 minimum or is it just not even close? No, we're, we're, we're at this point, um, with the further, you know, we, we, we were starting to open back up here in Texas and then the COVID numbers go back up. And, you know, they put further restrictions on us. And so we're, we're operating at about we're, – we're, our revenue is about 50% of what we need it to be. I mean, we're, we're, we've pretty much burnt through our reserves, personal savings to keep things afloat. And we're just at that point where it's like, gosh, we can't – if we can't figure this out, we're going to lose it all. I have been in that situation, and it is the most stressful because there's nothing you can do. There's just nothing you can do. And when you have to lay people off and you have to make these decisions, how are you guys faring as a couple? Well, like Brad said, we're believers and we've really had to lean on the Lord during this time. And, you know, in all honesty, it's probably brought us closer together, which is, which is a good thing. I know it doesn't always happen that way. Um, but we really make a good team. You know, we have two girls. Uh, one of them is two years old. One of them is eight months old. And so we mm. actually alternate days, you know, and Brad will go one day to the store and I'll have the girls all day and then we'll switch and we kind of go back and forth. You know, sometimes we bring the girls up to the store with us. And so we just kind of do whatever it takes. <laughs> Ashley, it's interesting looking at your post because you, you could definitely sense the issues that you're having with the business and the frustrations with the business. But the post is really more focused on how people are treating each other. Why did you mm -hmm. focus on that? 
Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that that happened at the same time in our country. And I think um, though they're not necessarily related, people are entangling them together and um, just really acting hatefully towards one another. And it's, and it's coming out, uh, you know, on our social media posts and um, the decisions that we make. And, and so that's why I focused on that um, because that's made it, a, that's kind of exacerbated everything. Brad, are you worried that you started a board game cafe because that's going to cause something where, you know, people want to kill each other over a game of Monopoly? You may be increasing the stress. There are certain games that we probably want to tell customers, like, look, if you're stressed out, don't play this game. It's just going to make it worse. <laughs> uh, so what are you guys doing? I know you guys are now renting board games, which is a good idea. You are also delivering uh food um you're you're also making food for uh nursing homes etc etc is that right yeah Yeah, we have a sorry go ahead brad you got this one oh that's all right that sounds good um yeah so we're uh we we implemented a game rental system since a lot of people weren't comfortable coming into the store to play games so we said hey let's make our games rentable and people can rent a game bring it home and play it and then we're doing a donate a meal program um which allows people to purchase games um, I mean, not purchase games, purchase meals, and then we deliver it to first responders, nursing homes, uh, healthcare workers. Just, I mean, it's a stressful time for them, and uh, it's a way for us to generate a little bit of revenue and then also, you know, get some food out there to some people who have a lot of other stuff going on and may not want to have to worry about lunch or dinner. Okay, so how do people get involved in that? If people wanted to donate uh, a meal to somebody, you're not asking for a handout, you're you're saying I'm, I, we're going to charge you for something and we're going to do something good with it. So uh, how do people get involved in that? Right. You can go to our website. It's friendandfoebgc.com, and there's actually a link on there where you can click on Donate a Meal. Uh, you click on it, pay for the meal. That goes into our system, and then we compile these certain numbers. We contact uh, uh, fire departments, police departments, hospitals, nursing homes. It says, hey, we've got meals. We'd like to donate them to you guys, and then we we prep them and deliver them. Wow! I mean, only in Texas right. or in a small town in America would you be delivering meals to police officers, and the police officers would take them at this point. Um, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Um, so it is friend and foe b g c dot com. Thank you guys so much, and uh, I, I just I one, I wish you the very best. Thank uh, Lynn, can I can I say one more thing real quick? Sure. Yeah, if, if when things calm down, uh, you need to bring you, and then you could call like Sean Hannity, Ben Shapiro, and say I want to challenge you guys to a board game. Let's go to Friend Info. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Summer's finally arrived, and if you're like most Americans, that means it's time to haul out the steaks and the burgers and the brats and the the hot dogs and crank up the grill. It's time to spend a little more quality time with the family and maybe even have a few people over for a gathering. Summer is the season for outdoor fun and outdoor cooking, and you're never going to cook outdoors on a better grill than a Rectech grill. I can tell you, 
I love mine. Smart technology controlled grilling surface. It is just the best. It's the last type of grill you're ever going to want to buy. But just don't take my word for it. Check them out on social media. Rectech is the number one name in grilling. They're built like tanks. They're durable. They're solid and are on the front line of smart grill technology. So do the research. People in the know choose Rectech. R-E-C-T-E-C. Rectech. Far and away the best bang for your buck. Check them out on social media. Rectech. Built by grillers for grillers. So go to rectechgrills.com right now. R-E-C-T-E-C grills with an S dot com. Okay, so Carlin Borisenko is an organizational psychologist. She works with individuals and organizations all over the world through her practice, uh, which is called Zen Workplace, to help them create amazing work experiences by combining organizational and positive psychology with mindfulness techniques. This is actually something that I would actually probably do in my own business, but I would hate myself for it just because of the description of it. It just seems so, I don't know, earthy. Uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, Carlin? Um, I, I and, do, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So you are here, and you're going to explain this whiteness training that is happening only for white people in seattle if you work for the seattle city government and you're white you have to take this training yeah and it exactly. looks There's, insane it, it, it is insane so what happened is um about a month ago i got an email from an employee from the city of seattle and they're they're going to be leaving their job because they think all this is crazy and essentially it was an email from the city asking all of their white employees to spend a vacation day that had already been previously scheduled in this oh my white whiteness training that was specifically for white employees. And they have a whole separate training track for people of color. So what is if I'm a Seattle City employee and I show up, what is this training? What do they do? Well, essentially, they go through all. Well, first, you have to, of course, confess your internalized racial superiority as a white person, because that that is just not in dispute at all. And if you come to the training and say, well, hang on, I don't actually think I have internalized racial superiority, then you're expressing cognitive dissonance, which is further proof of your internalized racial superiority. So you have to go okay. through the process of confessing your sins first, and then you mm. have to do... You have to practice self-talk and affirmations that affirm your complicity in racism. Okay, so we're hunting for witches now in Seattle. Well, no, it's not even hunting for witch witches because if you're white, then you <laughs> we are found a witch. you. That's that's it. That's you it. are a witch. I'll, I'll, well, unless there is actually one out in this, if you do not identify as white, if you are, have like a Rachel Dolezal moment and identify as black, even though you're white, then you don't have to do the training. You can opt out. Oh, my gosh. I would be a black man in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would be. I, you know, I'm feeling my color, my inner color coming on to me really strongly right now uh carlin i uh, i'm i'm beginning to believe i am black uh they'll let you get away with that yeah it's actually well, in the email to, that the city well it's actually in the email that the city sent out to their employees that this is for all people who identify as white so that seems like a pretty easy out to me wow okay so we get in can you take us through some of these things 
Well, I mean, so I'm basically, I'm going off of some of the documents that actually your previous guest got from the city, Christopher. And okay. so some of the okay. things that they're, they're talking about in these trade are things like, you know, white people have to let go of things that, that might make them comfortable in the work environment, like any expectations of their emotional safety or even their physical safety. White people should not expect that their physical safety should be protected in the work environment. They also um, they also go through all of the... Wait, 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 wait. Yep. How, is this, how is this happening from a group of people that needed a cry room in college? How is how is this I don't feel safe anywhere being translated into now I have a right to feel safe, but you don't. It sounds like revenge. Well, I I think that that's exactly what it is. But the, the reality, Glenn, is this material has actually been around for a very long time. So one of the documents that the city of Seattle is using is this document that is 10 years old that talks about the attributes of a white supremacist culture in organizations. And so this training is not new. It's just had a really hefty resurgence in the past couple of months. So um, what what do you what do you mean when I have to confess? Do they do you sit around and they they go from person to person and then you have to say how you were complicit? And is there a right answer on that that is acceptable to people? Well, the only acceptable answer in any of these circumstances is to bend the knee and confess your sin of being a white supremacist. And so for, for other examples of things they're talking about in this training are things like um, are white employees speaking up and contributing ideas? In the workplace, that's that's a white supremacist organization. Um, are they? Well, Glenn, let me ask you this. You have a staff, right? You've people yeah. that work for you? So yes. do you have some sort of hierarchy, like an organizational chart? I want to say no, but yes. <laughs> yeah, white supremacist. Yeah. That is a white supremacist yeah, okay. organization. Now, do you expect okay. people to meet deadlines? I want to say no, but yes. I'm such yeah, a hater. White supremacy right there. And so so how does the city of... How does the city of Seattle get away with that when they have a hierarchy and and they expect people to meet deadlines? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. It's like so. So I recently read part of the book White Fragility. And um, if anyone has not oh. read that book, let me just save you the trouble. It's basically Robin D'Angelo confessing her own racism for the entire yes. book. That's what it is. And so when you confess your racism, it absolves you from the racism. So the city of Seattle is essentially confessing that, yes, our organization is engaged in white supremacy. And through the act of okay, okay. they are absolved. Okay. Carlin, will you hold on for just a second? Because I, I, I want to ask you, um, I think we should go to these corporations and these cities and say specifically specifically what are your crimes i want to know your crimes i want to know specifics on what you as a corporation have done lay it all out there baby i'd like to hear your response to that program na, 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 na.